On today's podcast, we have Trisha Lowenfield Design. Join me today as we celebrate Trisha. I'm so excited that I get to talk to you. <laughs> Thanks. Do you feel Do you feel famous yet? Um, no. <laughs> You're like no. There was there were. My um, daughter was teasing my one of my granddaughters, and she said, um, they call me Yaya. Yaya was in a magazine this Christmas. Do you think she's famous? And they look at me, and they go, no. Oh. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> That's so funny. Which which magazine were you in? Was, country Living? Country Living, yeah. I grew up reading Victoria and Country Living, and... Do you, do you remember just all the pattern play from the 80s? Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's so back, and I'm loving it. it I makes, know. Doesn't it warm your heart? Yeah, and it was kind of funny. Back in, I think, 2008, they used to do this thing on Country Living Magazine called Picture Product. And so I went to um, Chicago, and I took this backpack picnic basket that I had made, and there were like 10,000 other people pitching their product to country living and you would go before the editors and you had like three minutes to pitch your product. And so I got in the magazine, I, I won that year. So it's, it was sort of like a sweet thing, you know, cause it's many editors later, um, you know, to get in again. And they reached out to me, you know, just like out of the blue last summer asking for uh, pictures of my platters so anyway it was just it was a sweet thing and I felt very honored to be in it again so well yeah it's a big deal yeah (laughs) so I don't care what anybody says if a magazine features you or your product or what you're doing I feel like that's just an encouragement a pat on the back from God, from the universe, you know, from everybody just saying you're on the right path. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I remember, I don't know how long I've been following you. It's got to be for years on Instagram. When did you write that wash your hands book? Do you remember that? Um, Well, it was during the pandemic. Yeah. I I actually didn't write it. I just illustrated. It was a friend of mine who um, had the idea and I was way too busy to get involved. But then I just thought, I can't not do this for, <laughs> and so anyway, um, but yeah, that was, I mean, who knows, don't, haven't we all lost track of time during the pandemic, but it was, you know, that was the whole reason of it was teaching children how to wash their hands because it we so just cute. found out it was important. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's, it's so cute. And I absolutely, I bought that book and I loved it. And it's still, it sits in the Jack and Jill bathroom. There's this little bright colored bench with a fun fabric on it. And I have it sitting right there. So when you get off the toilet, you clearly see this book that says, wash your hands. (laughs) Well, that is such a great idea. You'll have to send me a picture of the book sitting on the bench. I will. I will. I'll take a picture and tag you. And then on top of that, when my daughter was born, she was premature. She was about almost five weeks premature. And my mom made a little sign that that says, you know, wash your hands and put it on an antibacterial gel dispenser. And then I was so on to everybody about make sure you wash your hands or cough in your elbow that when my sister as a gift, she embroidered a little thing that says, wash your hands. And I have it in my daughter's room right by her little sink. So when you wrote that book, it was, 
I had to get it. I mean, oh, that's ready. Like, <laughs> <that's laughs> well, I'll have to tell Karen that story. <laughs> the, oh my the goodness! Lady who wrote the book? So yes, <laughs> and you've written like five books. Yeah, that's true. One of them, um, the first one, I guess you know, like I meet so many people who ask me, "How do you do it?" But you know, just I think so many people have a children's book in their back of their head and they're just, how do you do this? And, but it was right after, um, well, it was during my mom, my mom died 20 years ago in, uh, 2002. And while she was so sick with cancer and I would just, I have three sisters and we would all take turns being with her. And it was just so hard because she just watched the news all day long. And, you know, it was like, I just, I've read every last one of her magazines I've done, you know, and so I just was like, Lord, what can I do? And I just got this clear vision, illustrate the ABCs. And so I just picked a scripture for each letter. And so I did it all, you know, just while I was with her, just sitting. And then I just sat on it for a couple of years because, well, I didn't, I didn't know that it was going to be a book or anything. And then she died and we got a little inheritance and I thought, okay, I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to, you know, put this into a book. And, um, I had great connections on a publisher and, you know, just highly recommend everything was great, but it, I just learned about the book world. Like you had to have a literary agent. And so I was recommended to, oh, this guy will be perfect, you know, everything. And um, he just goes, I'm just, you know, he goes, you come highly recommended. I love everything, but I'm just, I'm too busy right now. So I just decided, you know, I got this inheritance that I would just do it myself. And I didn't use any, you know, there's all these companies that will do it for you. I just did everything myself, you know, got my Library of Congress number and, you know, just, um, it was a wonderful little adventure you know just to do it and then but I would go to a million shows to sell it and I mean it was a hard work but I I did sell I mean I it's in it's I did two printings of it and they were so I sold like six thousand of them you know just by myself so I just felt good about that because I also met other writers who said Oh gosh, I went with a publisher and I make three, three pennies on every book I sell. And so I thought, well, I've made my money back and shared a lot of um, scripture and ABCs with children. So I yeah, you can feel good about that. Yeah. And so that, but the minute you come out with your first book, they're always like, okay, when's your second one? And it's like, wait a minute, what? I'm still so, recovering. <laughs> so anyway, then I did that one with uh, my middle daughter, um, Mary Moore, and it was be kind, be sweet, be nice to everyone you meet. And so the, again, it was scriptures with manners and it was a counting book. So we wanted them to be like useful in many ways for kids. I don't know how I didn't catch on to you or Houston because I looked at your area code, which is my one of my special gifts. And I said, 281. That's Houston. And then I spoke with Molly Goodall and she said, oh, oh Trisha made this uh, thing for our house with the numbers on it. She custom made one of those for us. She's close. She's in, she's in Houston. And I looked at your, and I thought, oh my gosh, did you so, grow up here in Texas? Um, in El Paso. Oh, you yeah. did. Yeah. So El Paso, 
you know, they don't really consider Texas. They, it's the only uh, city in Texas that's on a different um, time zone. And, you know, it's at the base of the Rocky Mountains and it's very desert-like. There's no trees and, you know, it's very different than the rest of Texas. I don't, you know, just, I used, in fact, I went to college at the University of Colorado and they hated Texans. And so I would just tell people I was from New Mexico. So It just, I know, because you don't have a Texas accent. Well, my mother really did. And it was funny because in college I would get off the phone with my, because my mother's from Dallas. So oh, yeah. she would get, off, I would get off the phone and they go, oh my gosh, you've been talking to your mother. And I'm like, well, how do you know that? They go, you, you picked up her accent. So. It's contagious. But, so your mama it, grew up in Dallas and then you were born and raised in El Paso? Yes. Cause my dad was from El Paso. So when they got married, they, they moved there. So, yeah. So do you have brothers and sisters? I have three sisters and I have, um, so I grew up in a family of four girls and then I have three daughters and I have six granddaughters. Oh, and we just this past year had our first boy. And <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, what? <laughs> so we're all about girls until little Peter came. So so cute. Yeah, I know I see cute. all your family pictures and you're dressed in smocking. And the girls are talking. <laughs> and now you're going to have a little boy that can wear John Johns and long alls and a bobby suit. It's going to be so cute. Yeah, except that that um, daughter and son-in-law are very picky. And they're not going to let him be too cute in his clothes. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. We'll see. Why did we'll you see. do that to me? Oh, well. I know. So. You're like, just one family picture. Can we dress him up? Just one. I know. Exactly. Maybe at least I think they'll let him wear tartan. That's tartan to me. So. Yeah, he can wear gingham or window pane and tartan. Yeah, even if he can't have smock. <laughs> so, well, but if you anyway. if you hand embroidery him something, then she can't like if you embroider his name on something. Yeah, no, I've, I've been doing that. Just putting, <laughs> you know, I'll get him little green uh, overalls and embroider Peter on him, and you know, just I did see him wearing that. So I, you're right, I can do embroidering. <laughs> so you're like maybe oh. I could do a few little X's on either side of his name or something that would stand in for the smoking. <laughs> exactly, I know it's so hard. I know because parents they have opinions about what they want their children to wear, and ultimately, in the long run, it the children overrule whatever because my daughter's 11 and I truly just have let it go because she's so creative. I want her to have that as a healthy outlet to express herself. Yeah. And I don't want her hair to be all the colors of the rainbow. Oh yeah. Not because I don't like it on other people, but because I don't want to pay for it. (laughs) I don't want her to damage her hair. And, and I, and she changes her mind all the time. So I know as soon as it's one color, she's going to want another anyways. So she can do it with her wardrobes. I get it. Yeah. I, oh, I think well, the last funny. time. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say the last time I think she wore a smock dress for me. Oh, goodness. She had to have been uh, probably seven. Yeah. She, well, seven. At least seven. That's something. <laughs> I have it documented in a picture. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, our, we all three of my daughters were born in Charleston, South Carolina. So oh. it was just a competition every Sunday at church with all the smocking. I mean, just I was just in heaven. And then we moved uh, to Texas and uh, came to our church there and 
nobody but nobody was born anything cute and the girls just looked at me and said mama we've <laughs> got to go to the gap <laughs> and like so it, that was just devastating because all those matching smock dresses but anyway so well how did you meet your husband and y'all end up in charleston um well we okay so Gosh, it sort of hinges on a, a longer story about. That's okay. Um, We've got time. But, but yeah, well, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll tell that and then I might backtrack that. But we met through my mother and I um, had a Papagallo store, which a lot of people won't even know what that is. But it was like in the day, in the um, 70s and 80s and maybe early 90s, it was like the preppy store. Where right. they had the shoes with the little flats with the bows on them, and they sold ribbon, and um, ours sold clothes too. But it was all, you know, the cute shoes. And um, so anyway, we had the Papagallo store, and my husband's stepmother was a big customer, and so she um, would always be setting me up with lawyers and doctors. And um, so anyway, one day she had set me up with a lawyer and invited me over to um, my husband's father and her house and we were having a steak dinner and you know lo and behold Clark walks in I had just moved back from seminary so he was going to be moving to Fort Davis Texas and he had three tiny churches on a 300 mile circuit and he was just like driving to El Paso to get a free dinner from his parents uh and so um, we met and um, I had lived in Boston for maybe six years after college and I had fallen in love with the church and everything and so he was a young clergyman and so I was just fully fascinated I loved C.S. Lewis and so I just we started talking I completely left the guy that they had set me up with <laughs> to talk to his stepmother which she loved and Clark and I just talked the entire night and then you know, it was just kind of crazy because he didn't ask me out till like six months later. Oh. And um, at the time, you know, I just thought, well, he's really nice, but I'm not interested in marrying clergy. So I'm not going to, you know, take him too seriously. But, you know, look what the Lord did. So, <laughs> I mean, I I loved um, all of the years of doing children's ministry because I got to do the wildest things. I mean, it just was a, an extension of my art you know we we made marionette puppet stages and 20 foot tall puppet stages and I wrote songs and the books all you know kind of related to the children's ministry we did and anyway it's um I always thought it sort of helped me live out my um sound of music yes um desires and stuff like that by being in the church and being married to the senior pastor you know you could just do all kind of things that are really fun so so you're so you're in Houston and that's where your studio is, correct? Right. Just five minutes from my house. It, I always worked in a home studio all these years until just um, a year ago, November. I just looked at my husband and I said, I can't, I, I, I've outgrown this. I don't know what to do. <laughs> and it was terrifying. I don't think I ate for a month because I was so terrified that I wasn't going to be able to pay the rent on the studio. But it's worked out beautifully, and we have definitely filled every inch of the 3,200 square feet. And we don't have 
customers come in just because I can't, I would love to do that. But then I would talk to them all day and I would never get anything painted. Right. No. We're just constantly every day, the UPS and the post office come mm -hmm. and we just try to ship out as much as we can every single day. So I have six people that work for me and um, wow. one of them is my daughter in England. She answers all my messages, and, oh. but she has come up with so many of the things that are um, so crucial to my business. So, um, you know, I mean, it was totally her idea about the laminated placemats and that's like that. a huge thing. And anyway, so many I have a question. Things. I'm so yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but I have an important question because I'm ADHD and I don't want to forget this. It's mm. not really important, but, um, I didn't see it on your website and I cannot believe how many products you have that I wasn't aware of because <sighs> I've been following you for years on Instagram and I'm a huge fan. And I, th I thought I knew all the things that you offered and I clearly didn't, but I didn't get a chance to look at everything. Do you offer dog or cat bowls by chance? Yeah, I do. You do? Okay. Do, yeah. Okay. But you know, I mean, that you're giving me an insight that I probably, I probably don't post enough about the different things I do. So. Oh, oh, it was no reflection on that. You know, it's <laughs> algorithm. You don't know what you're going to see and when you're going to see it. And then you have to go over to the person's page to see it. I wish there was a way that you could sort out by date to view someone's profile because for me to look at my older content, I mean, there's thousands of posts. So if I want to find something, it's hard to go back to the beginning, if you will. Right. And I wish I could do that. So with yours, I mean, I could, I didn't, I didn't scour. I tried to scour the entire website, but I didn't. I didn't get to all it to all of it. So I thought I need to ask her because I know, uh, and you follow her too, the pottery lady Susan. Uh huh. Sure. Yes, and I know that she has some, and um, I'm on. I'm on the hunt. I'm. I'm debating what to do for my cat. You know, oh, okay. they don't like their whiskers touching, and <clears throat> she's had you know the bowls. And she's had these two bowls for a while. And I kept thinking, you know, maybe it's time that I do something <laughs> fancy for the cat or the dogs, you know, either one. But those laminated placemats are adorable. Oh, thanks. Oh. Uh, the um, Speaking of the cat thing, I had a cat. I have a cat bowl. I, I just, it's not even on my website, but it's in the shape of a cat's face. <laughs> and like the whiskers wouldn't touch on that one, but it's just so funny because like, I don't even think about it because it's just, um, you know, it's just sitting on my shelf waiting to be painted, but I don't, I haven't pushed it and I'll have customers come like, I bought this cat face bowl from you years ago. Do you still have it? And so it's just funny that you just mentioned cat. Cause I think, well, maybe I better put that bowl on the, on the website. So yeah, do a little blue and white. And yeah, get on there. Okay, so let's go. Let's let's back up for a little bit. I want to know how did you start painting? Okay, so when I was um, just a really little girl, I used to love to draw. I mean, just like three years old, and my mom um, had been an art major at the University of Texas, and she somehow got it in her mind that I had some kind of a gift in art at a, as a young age. And so she made it her mission to not let me take any art classes, which is really interesting. And then, you know, just because you think you would 
want to push them into taking art classes. But she knew as an art teacher that art teachers can take your gift away, your natural gift, because they try to get you to draw like they do. Mm. And it was so interesting and I never understood it. But my um, first and second grade teachers really loved all my little drawings. And, you know, these days, at least here um, in the public schools anyway, it's a separate art teacher. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when I was growing up, it was, you know, your teacher taught you everything. And so it was including art. So they would know exactly where your talents were. So um, my second grade teacher had the whole entire class illustrate Hansel and Gretel. So she would, you know, read the next scene and then the whole class got to um, illustrate it. And then she would pick who got up on the board and, and she did the whole book or the whole story on the bulletin board. Um, and so, I mean, I want to say, not to brag, but I mean, about 80% of the pictures were mine. Ah! Then she would make me take them to the um, principal and show her. And so anyway, my whole little elementary school knew of me as the artist. And, um, and then my, you know, I, my mom would put me in a few like art competitions. And it was, you know, she, even when I was in college, she had my Hansel and Gretel um, illustrations made into cro- uh, not cross stitch but embroidery uh, linen and she had me stitch them for her while I was in college which is just so interesting that Hansel and Gretel just never left my mom's side she even had me do at one point a, a like a um, dessert set of plates and cups out of that Hansel and Gretel childhood illustration anyway so um so that kind of uh, was that. And then when I moved, we moved in fifth grade to um, a different house in a different area of El Paso. And nobody knew me and nobody knew that I drew or did anything. And I got kind of insecure about my art because, you know, whenever they would say, who could do this? Who could draw this? Well, I was so used to people going, Trisha will do it. And so nobody knew me. So I just kind of laid low for, you know, all during... Um, middle school years and high school years. And then one year I was in, my parents had a house in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico that we would go to, you know, like in February to get away from the cold weather. This was like during college years now. And I saw this artist who just he reminded me of my work because I used to draw tons of angels and angels in the sky of any pictures that I was ever doing. And um, his name was Manuel Lepe. And so I just fell in love with his work. And um, I had, I had found out about him that um, Queen Elizabeth owned one of his paintings and Richard Burton owned one of his paintings. And so I thought, well, maybe it really is okay to draw just like I drew. Because remember, my mom didn't let me take art classes, so I didn't. Now, I, I will admit, I took, I snuck in one art class in college. And um, it was, I didn't even know what I was doing. It, it was a life drawing class. And I had this rule in my head that you couldn't look at something and draw it. Because that was cheating. 
you had to just like make it up in your mind. And if you couldn't draw it out of your mind, then it was just like fake art. So <laughs> the little life drawing teacher was like, why are you in here? Cause like my work was terrible. Everybody else was drawing these, you know, like the naked body and I couldn't even look at it. <laughs> so anyway, I dropped out of that class because he was not going to give me a good grade. <laughs> so anyway, I thought I'll just stick to my mom's thing. Don't take art, just do your own thing. But you know, I wasn't doing much of it. So anyway, Manuel Lepe, I saw he drew just like I did, you know, th this sort of naive folk art, whimsical. And so um, I decided when I got back home that I was gonna start drawing and painting again so at the time like right at the end of college you know all my friends are starting to get married and so I just started painting them wedding gifts and um it would be like the wedding couple and then I in the background there'd be you know if they went to Harvard there'd be the tower at Harvard or you know there would just be every tennis court and so I did these kind of collage paintings for everyone and my friends loved them. And then um, the next year after I had been inspired by Lepe, I found out that he had died at 42. Oh. And it just broke my heart. And, uh, you know, his paintings, which were at the time I had first seen him about $1,600, all of a sudden were like $16,000. <laughs> and I knew I would never be able to own one of his paintings. I do own two of his daughter's paintings. And she oh. tried to emulate her father. But anyway... Um, that was, that kind of gave me the confidence, like, okay, maybe it's okay to, you know, I started getting the gist of what my mom had tried to do all these years, sort of protect my natural gift that I could still, as an adult, draw like a child that anyway. So what really happened was, um, when my girls were, uh, little in Charleston, uh, it was Mary Moore, the middle daughter who went to the uh, Glasgow School of Art in Scotland. Her um, two-year-old or three-year-old teacher loved the plate that I had given her for Christmas. And she goes, I want to have a show for you. And I, I'd never even heard of people having shows like at their homes for artists or something. And so it just took off. And every, you know, it was like I had stores contacting me and the symphony decorator show house. I did tiles for, Oh, that was another thing I got into was the ceramics was because um, in the eighties, there were these dresses that were so cute. I mean, I just wanted one so bad and it was uh, it had ceramic buttons on it, but the dress was just like too expensive because you remember I'm married to clergy. And so they just don't have that much money. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to make those buttons. So I went and got some clay and found, you know, a lady who had a kiln, you know, there were those, they, now they're like paint your own pottery store, but in, you know, in the eighties, they were just like places where you could go paint ceramics and stuff. So then a decorator, a designer in uh, Charleston, said, will you do some stuff? I'm doing a room at the symphony um, show house. And I said, well, you know, Elizabeth, I think I figured out how people do ceramic tiles. And so we did the whole bathroom of these ceramic tiles. Just, you know, I sort of copied the uh, floral wallpaper that she had put up in there. And 
that bathroom got so much attention that we did that same bathroom all over the country in eight different bathrooms. <laughs> one was in California, one was in Atlanta. I mean, anyway, it was just hysterical. So then there was a store that started, it was called the Charleston Catalog Company, and they were buying big quantities of my work. And then um, there was a lady who had carried my children's plates and Christmas ornaments in Columbia, South Carolina, who then moved to Charleston. And she said, I just want to open a store just for you. And um, so it was called Standing Room Only. And it was on this cute little Queen Street in Charleston. Yes. And um, uh, so that's all they carried was my stuff. But then we moved to Texas. So, you know, it's just, I mean, there's always been like, stop go stop go and when we moved to texas my husband goes i just need you to quit doing your art and i need you to focus on children's ministry and so you know i told you about we did the puppets and yeah. you know that we, i started writing music and um the art was all over the children's stage in our church and we started holding conferences so we taught other people how to do puppets and make fun things for children so um and then, you know, the art just snuck back. But, you know, fast forward to um, Instagram. Instagram opened wide the doors for me because, you know, so many people had never seen my work. And somehow, um, you know, just one blogger um, posted and then that just opened the doors. And it's just been amazing how um, Instagram has been just my whole thing about I mean that certainly that's how you know knew to call me so right <laughs> anyway. that's how I found you and I don't even remember how I found you I don't remember if somebody posted about you or the algorithm like yeah. I don't I don't remember I just remember finding you going I haven't seen anything like this since and it reminded me of so many different things it reminded me of Kirsten, the American Girl doll. Oh. <laughs> the Scandinavian quality. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of her. And it reminded me a little bit of my aunt. And it reminded me a little bit of the 1940s because you use red. You use primary colors. But in these yeah. um, muted tones, it's it's not in your face bright. It's somehow, it's you've, master, you've mastered the, the art of color, obviously, because one of the reasons why I'm probably obsessed. But the red that you use is not an offensive red. It somehow feels <laughs> really, it feels yummy. Does Aww. that make, does that make sense to you? Yeah. Well, there's a lot. Yeah. Cause uh, there are a lot of reds I don't like either. So yeah, it's, it's real. Um, it is a funny thing. I, I've never verbalized it before about that. Like you just nailed it, but yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but it's true. Even that, um, that green, that you use on the nativity it's mm. it has like that perfect balance of the yellow and the blue undertones it's really it's just it's really pretty but i want to i want to kind of i'm put, turning on my turn signal i'm going left uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, <I got> <laughs> my mom my, my <laughs> husband and my mom you know sometimes they're like what are you talking about but it's on the same subject of what we're talking about but i'm just kind of changing gears a little bit do you do your own pottery or have you done your own pottery and then you paint on top of it or do you source the materials and then you can just paint now both 
both. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm all ears. I want to hear all about it. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, in Charleston, you know, because it was all new to me, I had done a little bit of pottery as a child, you know, just done some clay, um, vases and stuff like that. But it was, um, it, it all started, you know, with, like I said, making those buttons. So that was doing clay. And then, um, you know, I just, I thought, okay, well, um, I'm doing tiles. Those are easy to find, you know, pre-made tiles. You just get them from Dal Tile Company. And then I thought, well, wait a minute, you can also make plates and bowls and, you know, and so um, I didn't want to just buy those. I wanted to make those too. So I found out there's molds. So I would look in mold catalogs. And so I had this whole thing where I was pouring the slip into the molds and I was making such a mess. And then finally <laughs> it just occurred to me, like, not every, you can't do everything. You know, you got to pick. So what, what is it? Do you love the clay more? Because, you know, when you go to like art shows and you see a lot of, you see beautiful pottery, you know, mugs that oh, you just hold and you're like, I love this, but I don't love the way it's glazed. You know, there's no picture mm -hmm. on it. It's just, and so, but those people have chosen thing that they want to spend their hands, their time is their hands on is clay. Yeah. They don't care about the painting. So I had to choose painting. Yeah. So I can't find everything that I want to paint on. And I love three-dimensional. So if you've seen some of my stuff, how I'll add, you know, certain dimension, like I'll add a rabbit on top of a cross or, you know, a, something like that. So yeah, some of it you have to make because you can't, there's nobody else who's making that kind of stuff. So, um, but this past year I was able to find a friend of mine whose husband had come to work with my husband and um, she had been a nurse for a long time. And so I don't, I don't remember exactly how it started, but I started showing her how I made things in clay because, you know, I'm spending like trying every day is a priority day. What do I paint? You know, cause I have hundreds of orders out there. And so do I paint? Do I do clay? Do I ship? Do I? So then I just finally, um, it just turned out so beautifully that she was able to actually do the clay that I was doing better than I do it. Cause she's a perfectionist and I'm not. And so, um, but I love doing clay and we actually, one of the things that we're going to launch this spring is some handmade plates that are, have scalloped edges. And mm -hmm. so um, it's a dream of mine to have figured out how to finally do this. Cause there's nowhere out there that's selling that. Um, you know, that I can just buy the scallop plates and paint on them. So we're making our own. So, um, so I love creating the, you know, I would, I could easily spend my whole day just doing clay, but I think that, um, you know, since I found someone who does it better than I do and I can just direct her and give her my vision or make one and then show her how I did it and she can reproduce it. I mean, she's just a real gift that I've figured out for that, but yeah, that's so um, you know, there's certain things I can find just plates, like all the, the plates and platters I do. I'm so glad that I can outsource that, you know, that there's just, yeah. plain, they're just like canvases. It's just like buying a mm -hmm. rectangular canvas. Yeah. That's so. a really way to describe it because you honestly, you, there's not enough hours in the day for you to do it all. You no. can't, 
You have to choose. And it's really hard on your body. So if you think about you holding a paintbrush and you getting carpal tunnel or or, (laughs) clenching up because of that. And then if you're also doing pottery and pushing down with your, you know, because you're using your upper body and your shoulders and stuff. I mean. (laughs) you would be you physically would be so exhausted well I mean most of my years that's what I've been doing is all of it you know it's just these last couple years that I've actually found some people that um, I mean I never had anybody work for me till like four years ago so um, but but you know I can spend the entire day shipping I'm like the worst shipper and so that was a huge thing was to find other people who do it so much better. And I try to make it fun because we try to do, use real cute packaging and there's a million different ribbons they can choose to tie bows with and stickers to, you know, and stuff. But just um, it was always like uh, my youngest daughter used to have a, a thing. I do it myself. <laughs> I was like, come on, Catherine, let me help you. I do it myself. And so um but I didn't mean to be that way. It was just, well, and I'm, I'm not sure I could always have afforded having someone help me, but it's great to be in this position to be able to mm-hmm. hire people and um, try to bring out their gifts too. So exactly. Let other people share their spiritual gifts or their God given talents and you can focus on yours <laughs> anyway. But you know, I do have a, I was just talking to one of the um, ladies that work with me yesterday and she goes you know you can't do this forever you're you are getting older and I said well I do have a backup plan that when I um can't do all the lifting and kilns are so big that leaning over I nearly have to um lose my footing to to get that far down um that uh I'll just go into painting you know I'll just do canvases instead of um instead of all the pottery but you know, I do love just the, I love functional art. So it's just fun that so many things you can actually use and, and smile looking at. So anyway, and we just, you know, I definitely feel so flattered that so many of um, my pieces are gifts for special occasion. And it just, it just to no end humbles me to be able to create things to people's greatest imagination I hate saying no to people and so I try not to do you see now where your journey has taken you from starting as a little girl in El Paso to you know meeting your husband and how everything has just been like a plan in place to where you are now yeah absolutely yeah I mean God has such a sense of humor he does Uh, yeah yeah, I can look back and just see the little, and you know, that any other time would have been the wrong time, you know, when, and it just took me to get to certain maturities to um, be ready to do what he had for me all along. And, and it's funny because like, I think about my first grade teacher, she wasn't the one with the Hansel and Gretel. She was just the one who first saw my gift that I could draw and we were doing this um book for a nursing home where I you know I don't remember what it what in the world would you make a book for a nursing home but there were all these faces of angels and I remember she taught me how to draw braids and they are the exact braids that I still draw on all my ornaments every day or on my plates like that's my favorite 
um, thing to do on little girls' plates is to make them with braids and bows. Not oh. everybody wants braids, but <laughs> if I had to just choose, that's what I would make all my little girls have braids in their hair. But, you know, that was all learned from my first grade teacher. Just so funny. Do you have any advice for parents that have children that have a gift that's being developed? Yeah, it, it's really just to, um, you know, nurture it yourself because the schools will take it away. You know, I, I just remember um, <clears throat> my oldest daughter, when she was five years old in Charleston, there was a... Um, she was, it was the end of the year program and the kids were singing and she was dead center and, you know, all those little adorable kids in their cutest clothes that only, they only wear in Charleston. And they were, she was belting out the songs and doing it with, you know, dramatic faces and, and hand gestures and stuff like that. And all the parents came up to me at the end and go, where, what drama school do you have her in? <laughs> and I go, you know, I've never even seen that child. I don't even know who that is. Who just who just did that? And I, <laughs> I was so embarrassed that you know, but I had never seen her do that before. And she had so much talent that I just knew from that day she needed to be on stage. And she had she was she was doing some stuff. You know, I did a lot of I wrote ten Christmas musicals at church, so she was in a lot of you know performances at church that I was leading but um <clears throat> she went to a school in the woodlands and she was um in third grade the star of a christmas production at the school and there were you know other there was like eighth graders in the but she was the star deborah ruth pendleton you know some christmas adorable thing and she memorized a whole book of lines. I mean, she just had every gift to be the star in the show. And the following year when they were going to do another one, the drama teacher said, um, you won't have a part this year because you had the starring role last year. So oh. she was just devastated. And that just was like, okay, I'm never doing drama again. So it's just like, it's so important for parents to be able to see like, okay, well, if that's your child's gift, do everything you can to get them in the right place or encourage them. You know, like my mom kept me out of art classes so that I wouldn't be discouraged by, um, you know, the, you know, they could call it the baby way that I drew that still is working for me today, but no one ever took it away from me. So I can still draw that way. It's so sweet. I'm so glad that you said that because my daughter, she, she is an artist and she tells people I'm an artist. I'm an illustrator. I'm an author. Her email has author in it. So, oh, I mean, she's, her. yes, I love it because she's so determined and headstrong about these things. And, and I've, yes, I think confidence is, is makes people have wings if you can have it yeah so. oh well she loves wings of fire so <laughs> her, her interests are very opposite of mine and so as a parent I'm still learning my child and I'm taking notes and failing and winning all the time right right but one of the things that I kept thinking oh she loves it so much so I should encourage art classes and she doesn't want to take them 
And so it's so nice to hear you say, don't worry about it because an artist is an individual and for them just to find their craft and just to work on it in their own time and not necessarily go to the school to do it because I don't want to hurt her spirit. I want, I don't want to kill her spirit. And she's really into drawing dragons (laughs) and animals and foxes and wolves but you know what she drew so she started going to um sitting into church with us instead of going to the kids church she comes and sits with me and my Mm -hmm. husband in the aisle Mm -hmm. she started drawing trees and flowers this week and i got really excited okay love it and you know what else picasso even said every child is an artist until it gets taken away oh I can, I can feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I've always wanted to paint. Always, always, always wanted to paint, wanted to draw, be an artist. And in my mind, I thought, oh, it has to be literal. Exactly what you see is, is what you draw, you know, whether it was a Thomas Kincaid or Norman Rockwell, like that was my, what I thought, oh, that's what a talent was. And then as I grew older, just real recently, I've come to really understand there's so many different facets and styles of art. And I picked one up and I tried it and realized, oh, it's not just, oh, you just throw the paint on the canvas. There is a method to it and a process to it. And I'm happy to report that it did take me over a year, but I finished my first painting and I'm in love with it. And it's an abstract piece. And I, with a woman that I am such a fan of, and she told me, don't touch it. It's beautiful. You need to put a frame on it and you could, I think you can sell it. And I don't think I'll ever get rid of it because I love it so much, (laughs) but I'm so proud of myself for just trying it. Following. Yeah. 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 Just doing it. And so now I have this whole new affection and love for art and artists and, and, and of course my daughter growing within her artist. So it's a pivotal point anyways. Oh, that's so. wonderful. And, you know, just having supplies around just, oh, yeah, she's know, got just, she hasn't gotten into the, the painting. She really loves, well, maybe it's cause she feels more control, but she's still, does a lot of pencil drawing and sometimes she'll get the colors out. She has every supply you could think of. She's an only child and and everybody spoils her rotten. So she does have all the supplies and she is getting into them. But how did you go from drawing with pencil to ending up with painting? Was that conscious or was that just happened naturally? Um, you know, as a child, I always, um, used Prismacolor colored pencils. Okay, good. So, um, we've got all of the colors. Yeah. So I don't, um, I'm trying to think. She recently asked for the Bosco, uh, paint pens. I guess that's what they're called. They're some kind of paint pens that they're just really saturated markers, but it's with paint. And we got this for her and, and she's she's been adding color to her drawings, not all the time, but she has within the last year started adding color, and it makes me so happy. Of course, to see <laughs> color, oh, and I I just I gush over her work, and it is good. I mean, she really really is good. So I'm so happy that somebody 
sparked that fire in you and that you kept going. And even when your husband said, Hey, I need you to help me. (laughs) And you still used your God given talents to help him that you honored him. Right. But you still, it still had that Trisha. Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever developed a VBS? Um, yes, many like play and stuff. Because you know, every year at church now they do more of their kits and the churches buy the kit and have the whole thing. Yeah, you know, I just I struggle so much with um I remember the first time um well like you know in my in early marriage when here I am the the young pastor's wife and they're like, Okay, well you will be doing children's ministry and they would hand me the curriculum the prepackaged, you know, and I would just walk out of there just in tears. I was so humiliated and devastated. And I just thought, this is the most horrible stuff. I hate it. And then I saw a vision of what children's ministry could be. We were in um, a church in Polly's Island, South Carolina, and they were doing, they were singing and doing hand signs and puppets. And I thought, wait a minute. This totally speaks to me. So I think, you know, it's always good to get out and be inspired. You know, sometimes it's good just to go to art museums and just like, what is it in that picture that draws you to it, you know, or something just, I mean, inspiration can come from anywhere. But um, anyway, I just think that, uh, yeah, I just started doing my own because, you know, all you have to do is pick a theme, you know, the, um, the parables. And then, you know, usually a song comes to me and then like the art comes to me and we always, you know, just wrote our own. We had a, a gathered a group of the most creative, fun people at church and they didn't even know that they could write scripts and they would come up with the funnest costumes and um, we do skits to embellish the scripture that we were talking about it's just it's so much fun and I think that adults get so much out of doing children's ministry when you give them the freedom when you hand them the box of the pre-made kit to me it's just like oh and you know there are I shouldn't put down somebody creative made those boxes but um you know it's just that you can do it yourself too if you just put you know, a tiny effort into it. You just can't believe. And I think it's always great to have a group to brainstorm with because people just feed off each other. Well, I have a couple more questions for you. And then I know you've got to get back to work and you've been so kind to take out so much of your day. So I'm going to, I'm going to state them both. So I don't forget one. I want to know who Beth's house is because I'm obsessed. And, (laughs) And then two, we need to go over the paint colors in your home. Okay, great. Um, Beth is just a um, wonderful friend and um, they're your biggest cheerleader. What'd you say? Your biggest cheerleader? Oh, yeah. She just, I mean, you know, there, we got to a point where there wasn't probably a room in her house that wasn't, (laughs) you know, to have a piece or something by me. And then she's so creative because she took what we also, it started in a nursery. She was having, um, you know, her, her kids were older and then all of a sudden she was pregnant with this little girl and she had two boys. And so I did her nursery and then the pieces in the nursery have ended up all over the house. I mean, she never 
got rid of a piece. She just moved it. Oh, and then she would that. say, okay, we need to paint the staircase or we need to do tiles in the kitchen or we need to do, like she would come over to my house and go, okay, I need those lamps. <laughs> I'd go, okay, well, they're yours. Or she needed a rug. And so we would paint one, but yes, biggest cheerleader. Yeah. Just- so, so for those that don't know, if you go to Trisha's Instagram, which is Trisha Lowenfield design, she has a little tab on the top that says Beth's house. And if you go to that tab, you will have entered Wonderland. It is <laughs> it is so adorable. And just watch the don't don't hit your finger to fast forward to the what's next. Just watch it because it's a video and you get a tour of the entire downstairs. And it is so whimsical and fun and adorable. And it's it's all you. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. She one of the um last things I did for her was her um I did tiles for her fireplace and it was going up and um, her her husband never even noticed it. Like (laughs) it was like from a white fireplace to this one that was like three dimensional tiles and stuff, but it's just so funny. She was married to a scientist. So, I mean, he just didn't, you know, (laughs) I just got such a kick out of that because my husband notices everything. I can't walk in. I can't change one thing without him going where does that come from <laughs> or something so. I, I feel that anyway, yeah okay, my husband so, is knows oh. notices everything too so oh, he does okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> i okay. was just talking to my sister-in-law who's who um needed some help finding some fabric for her den and so i just thought she could pick it and she goes oh no Tom has to pick it too. And so I was like, oh no, you're married to that person too. Just like your brother. He just, you know, I can't do a thing without his approval. So anyway, um, yes, color. I love red and green. And so all throughout the years, my, um, all my houses have had, um, red and green, but you know, I, I love bright, like I'm sitting in our guest house right now talking to you and it's painted bright a wonderful shade of uh, Pharaoh and Ball blue, um, but bright and, and trimmed in um, like a darker navy that goes with the blue. So I, I love two shades of the same color a lot. And then um, one thing I will tell you uh, about color is that, you know, I grew up with all these girls, you know, having girls and being in a family of girls and never used pink until I found that um, pink makes everything else look good. Mm -hmm. So I try, you know, in all my pieces, if I can, even if it's just the cheeks on the faces to have a little bit of pink, because I don't know what it is, but I just, when I discovered that, I thought, gosh, I've missed out on so much all these years avoiding pink. So I think it's a very important color. I do like I do like pink. Do you know what the Ferrum ball color is that you have in your house? You know, I just can't put my finger on it. Um, no, I don't know. But well, I tag could, me, uh, tag I'll, me I'll, if you figure it out. Okay. <laughs> maybe, I'll I'll post, maybe I'll do a post about um, this guest house and take some pictures of all the blue in it. I have I have painted a lot of tiles in this little. Um, guest house that we have on our property so but red you know I'm always you know just like I just have to walk towards red always but it has to be the right red you're, you were right at the beginning to say that 
Yes, it's not an angry red. It's not an in-your-face red. The red tones that you use, and I don't, other than saying yummy or love and vintage, it, it, I don't, it's, I don't know how, to, it's a European red. Yeah, yeah. Um, my, um, my mother-in-law uh, loves red, and she loves, she calls it Pompeian red, which, you know, who knows. Is there anything that you have that you want to promote that's coming uh, up? Um, well, I, I just got asked this morning if I was going to repeat, um, the, I mean, this isn't something that I paint, but it's something I love so much is the pajamas that I Ugh. did at Christmas that were so popular. Mm -hmm. And, um, we are going to do a spring, uh, version of them. So I'm excited for that to come out. And then my, um, just to keep an eye out for, for my scalloped plates, because we are going to do like dinnerware sets of plates. So I'm excited about that. I've got to buy something of your pottery. I mean, I have to. It's on my <laughs> it's on my to do list. I'm fans of so many different people. I have like this long list of things, like <laughs> things that I need to ob obtain. And um, yes, but I do have one of your books, and it's uh, oh. and the name of the book is "I Wash My Hands." What is the name? Such a good book, and it teaches the children the real proper way of actually washing their hands. Okay, and then your website is is um. TrishaLonefield.com or I mean it's TrishaLonefieldDesign.com but you can put in TrishaLonefield.com and it, that will be a double D if you do design like Trisha Lowenfield with a D and then D for design but um, and it's T-R-I-C-I-A-L-O-W-E-N-F-I-E-L-D and then you have your Etsy shop yes I do and um, that's just Trisha Lowenfield on Etsy so and then your Instagram yeah. Yeah, Trish Longfield Design. Yeah, I got to get it all in so everybody knows. Thanks. How to yeah. how to get your stuff. Well, thank, thank you, you so much for um, joining me. And until next time.